Yup. It's about to happen. Come on, man. Let's do this. What is going on, everybody? Welcome to my studio and welcome to the very first episode of my podcast, Kicking It with Ken. I have wanted to do a podcast for a long time. I hemmed and hawed. I'm one of those guys who always has projects on the stove. I'm a multi-passionate person. I do a lot of things. So finally the stars came together and the timing seemed right and I decided to jump in and do it. But first I had to figure out a name. Came out with kicking it with Ken. Then I wanted to create a tagline which is conversations to help you to live way better. But what would I talk about? Well, I have a wide range of interests and I decided that I wanted to have a comfortable, casual, non-pretentious conversation about a range of experiences, observations, lessons learned, mistakes made, victories, all of that share them with you so that they would impact your life in helping you to live the life that you want to live. So here I am. I am going to be fully committed to doing all I can to be of service to you. So here we are kicking it with Ken conversations to help you live way better. Let's go. The title of this episode is You Are Here for Something Great. How did I come with the how did I get the mouth working right? How did I come up with this title? For a long time I've had the practice of whenever I come up with a really bright idea, I will register the domain for a website if it's available. Somehow this name came to me, You Are Here for Something Great. I didn't have any plans for it, but it just seemed like a cool title. So I registered it and just let it sit there for probably a couple of years. Then fast forward a couple of years, <laughs> I had a bright idea to write a one-man play. I'd never written a one-man play. I feel like I'm all up in your face. I'd never written a one-man play, but my not having done something is usually not an issue for me. I figure out how to do things pretty good. So I knew I had some capacity and talent for writing. So I jumped in, started writing the script. A few months later, I had a full-blown script for a one-man play. I didn't know what to call it, so I started thinking of names, thinking, thinking, thinking. Then I decided to go on to GoDaddy, which is who holds all my domains, and I had the title there, You Are Here For Something Great, and I figured that was it. The play is essentially about my life. Well, it's totally about my life, and it seemed to be a good fit for a guy who had these aspirations, had some setbacks, and then ultimately fulfills his destiny. So I showed the script to a couple of friends who thought it was great, a couple of people said they thought it would be good as a book, but to me it wasn't a book, it was a play. So I sat with the script for a while. Then one day I'm in a bar and I met a woman through a mutual friend who 
happened to be the creative director of a local equity theater here in town. So I was like, hey, I have a script for a play. Is there any way I could uh, bring it to you to check out? She said absolutely that she always checks out new material. So the very next day, I brought the script to the theater. I followed up really good, which is important. So I waited to hear from her for a week, two weeks, three weeks, a month, two months, didn't hear anything. And I started thinking about the script and figured, well, maybe I'll start trying to write a book like my friends had suggested. The first thing I did was research about what the word count would be for a novel. Now my play was around 5,000 words. As it turns out, the sweet spot for a proper novel is around 80,000 words. So I wasn't even close. And I know I hadn't lived enough life to uh, fill out 80,000 words, so I knew I had to create some fictional characters and events, which I did. I got totally into writing the book. I had to learn how to write a narrative arc. I had to learn how to write dialogue. These things were new to me, but I researched them. I figured it out, and I was underway writing the book for several months. About a year after I had given this woman, her name is Samina, the script after I brought it by the studio, I get a call. I was out at an outdoor concert, and I get a call from a number I didn't recognize. I let it go to voicemail. Afterwards, I checked it out. It was Samina who had called me to say she finally got around to reading the script. A year later, she said she really liked it and wanted to talk to me about the potential of performing it at the theater. I was blown away, super excited. So sure enough, I made an appointment to see her at the theater and met her and we began the process of going through the script. Now, Samina told me she's a short woman, but she's a firecracker. She said, I don't mince words. I tell you directly what I think, and you're going to have to be able to deal with it. So we began going through the script. I was meeting with her every week. She would tell me, you don't need this. You don't need that. You have to express it this way. She is teaching me that there's a difference in the way you express something on stage as compared to how you express it in a book. So I was actually getting a master's class on how to write dialogue for a stage play. It was an amazing opportunity and I was eating it all up and I was ready for it. Typically I, I wouldn't be ready for it. I'm a sensitive guy and I, I wouldn't like having my work torn apart, but I was ready for it and I was ready to learn and I was learning. So we were cutting this, cutting that, cutting this. And then finally after several weeks, we got the script down to fighting shape. We had cut 45 minutes of content from my script, 45 minutes. After all of that, she said to me, now you have to memorize it. And I had never done a play before, and I jumped into the deep end of the pool. Most actors have never done a one-man play. Here I am doing the thing that's most difficult. So now I had to memorize a 90-minute play. That's what was left. How do you memorize a 90-minute script? You do it a small chunk at a time. You memorize the first 30 seconds. 
then you mem memorize that plus another 30 seconds, and then another minute, and then another couple of minutes, and you do it a chunk at a time. It took me about two months of going through this thing to finally get it memorized. And, and I kept on going to meet with Samina at the theater where she would give me direction and show me how to express it, teaching me how to act. It was, it was a phenomenal experience. After all of that, we were ready. I got to perform it at the theater. I had lights. I, I composed a couple of songs for the play. It was literally the best day of my life. You may be wondering, <laughs> what in the world does all this have to do with me? I'll tell you what. I wrote a play. I wrote a one-man play. I did that and performed it. I wrote a novel and self-published it. I did that. Again, what does that have to do with me? Here's the thing. If I was able to do those things that I had never done before, you can too. You can too. I believe that everybody is here for something great. Now, you may not be able to write a one-man play. You may have no interest in that. You may not be able to write a novel. You may have no interest in that. But there is something for you. One of the reasons why a lot of people never realize their greatness is because they have a preconceived notion of greatness. They think that either you have to be an actor or an athlete or, or a super successful businessman and, and maybe you don't have any interest in any of that. The truth is that there are an infinite number of ways that you can become great. Your mission, should you decide to accept it, is to find your lane and then put some action behind it. So you may think, I have no idea what I'm great at. The first thing is to believe in the possibility that you can achieve greatness. Just learn to hold that thought in your mind, in your soul, in your spirit. The possibility that you can achieve greatness. You may have no idea how to do it, but just, just rest your mind and your spirit with the possibility of it. Then the next step is to listen. Listen to the universe. Listen to signs that are all around you. What are you good at? What do you have an interest in? What do you have some kind of skills or abilities for? What do people come to you for? What are things you think you might like or have an interest in? You have to try things. And the truth of the matter is, nobody has a passion for something they're not good at. You have to try things and then maybe you find out you have a little bit of a knack for that thing. And then you start putting time and effort and energy for into it and find out eventually that you do have a talent for it. You can get to some kind of greatness and then you develop a passion for it and that passion fuels the effort that you put into that thing. But you have to be willing to try different things. Whatever seems to make sense to you. It doesn't have to make sense to anyone else. It has to make sense to you. Try things out.
So what kind of things do you think could be improved in the world that might be interesting to you? That could be a path to pursue. Open up your mind and listen to the signs. Get out there and try things. Now, you may fail. In fact, you will fail a whole bunch of times, but you have to be patient. You have to be willing to jump off the cliff, so to speak. And when you do, you'll find one or two things. Either you will learn how to fly, or you'll splatter on the ground, <laughs> figuratively speaking. But the thing is, you can recover from that. You can learn lessons. And armed with the lessons that you use from each of those setbacks or failures, you can become better and better and better over time. And before you know it, you can achieve greatness. But you have to be willing to try and you have to be willing I'm doing funny gestures. You have to be willing to hold the possibility in your mind. We were created not to be average. We were created to realize our destiny of greatness. And let me say something to parents and spouses. Your greatness is personal. Even though it may be amazingly important to be a phenomenal parent, that's not why you're here. That is not where your greatness is connected to. Your greatness is connected personally to you. So yes, be a phenomenal parent. Yes, be a phenomenal spouse. But your greatness is yours and yours alone. I want to encourage you to pursue that, to find it, to put effort and energy into it. And it will give a dimension of purpose to your life that will be truly gratifying and, and stunning in how it, it builds your self-esteem and your sense of purpose here in the world. So you are here for something great. That is a fact. All right. So that's it. That is the first episode of Kicking It with Ken. If you have gotten anything at all out of this, I want to encourage you to please subscribe to the to the podcast so that you can get notified when new episodes come out and they'll be coming out every week. I've made a commitment to this and you can hold me to that. Also, please share it with everybody. Please, let's get the word out. This can be something really special. The other thing I want to ask you to do is to subscribe to my newsletter. At the time I'm taping this, I don't even know what it's going to be called, but it will be something that will be brief. It'll come to your email every day, something to start your day off with, something to pick you up, to give you a little positive spin on starting your day. So it'll be in a link once this podcast is published. I'm getting choked up. And uh, please subscribe to it and tell everybody to subscribe to that as well. All right. It's me, your man, Ken, K-L-H, my initials, and I'm 